Alright, so it is Friday afternoon. I just got off work. Um, I have some stuff that I need to do before I pick up my son. But first, I'm going to go to the skate park and skate for maybe 10 or 15 minutes because I just need a just a kind of a break just from this week and just to do something enjoyable to kind of like celebrate making it through the week. Um, this week was really tough. Uh, um, yeah, it was really tough just, just with work. Um, worked a lot this week and a lot of really hard jobs yesterday was we ran 600 feet of hose which is a lot of hose and it was um half of it was actually more than half of it maybe two-thirds of it was up and down this really steep hill in a canyon and uh the hill was just so steep and so slippery from uh all the dead grass and leaves and stuff on the side of the hill that it was like barely possible to walk up it without anything uh without anything like in your hands like um, pulling anything up the hill it was hard just to walk up the hill and uh so we had to go up and down the hill with all of the hoses and the equipment and stuff and um, the hoses are just so heavy even when they're empty. And then especially dragging them uphill, um, it just took like every ounce of energy I had. Um, but yeah, that was yesterday. And uh, and just the, um, the mental side of it too. Um, just like constantly getting yelled at um, for stuff. Like, it's just totally, totally not necessary. Like, there's no need to yell or get upset. And in fact, like, things just go much better when uh, people are calm. Um, so I don't understand the yelling thing. I've never really understood that. I've never understood, um, like, someone who's in charge, like a manager or something. I've never understood the management style of, like, throwing fits and just getting really emotionally worked up and yelling and stuff because um, all I've ever found is that it just makes people on edge all the time and it makes them it makes them not think as well because they're so panicked and anxious from the yelling or from the fear of uh, making the person in charge yell so I've never, I've never found it to be um, helpful. I always, I have seen the biggest mistakes made um, after someone was yelled at to go do something because they were just like frazzled and um, and you just can't think when someone is yelling at you like that. So. I don't know. I've never, I've never really understood that. Um, 
but anyway, uh, yeah, this was a long, tough week, and so I'm just, I'm gonna kind of go just celebrate the fact that made it through another week by skating, and I wanted to, um, I had a couple things on my mind that I wanted to talk about, um, and this segment's almost up, so I'm gonna just start the new one. So, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was just kind of like, uh, something that I was thinking about that, um, I guess maybe like kind of an internal conversation in my head. Um, and so I wanted to kind of like, uh, like just say it out loud or kind of like have the conversation or say the things that I'm saying in my head out loud. Um, and this is mostly for me, like this is mostly like the conversation that I'm, I'm having in my head, but, um, like with this job and just, just with life, like I'm, I'm really trying to like, I'm, I am coming up on 30 years old, which to me just seems like way too old. Like I, I never thought about what I was going to do or what I was going to be like or what life would be like when I was 30 years old. Um, I never really thought about it, but I definitely did not imagine that it would be like this. I did not imagine that I would be uh, living with my in-laws for a couple years now and working uh, as a concrete pumper. Not even a concrete pumper, a concrete pumper assistant. Um, yeah, I, I never imagined that. Um, and, and like, I'm grateful for my in-laws, for them giving us a place to stay rent free. And we need to like take better advantage of, of not having to pay rent and like start saving up whatever rent is going to be every month. Uh, so that we can finally move out and pay off debt and stuff. Um, but I, like, I want to, like, get a hold of, or get a handle on my, on my situation. I want to, uh, like, I don't want to jump around from job to job forever. I also don't want to get stuck in this job forever um but if this is like working this job will make it so that i can pay off debt and move out on our own again and have our own place then i guess i'll um just kind of make it work and until then um and just keep kind of pushing through but i guess the thing that i really wanted to talk about was um and this is like just kind of the conversation that I've been having in my head to myself. So this is kind of more for me than anything, but just the importance of like being on your own side and picking yourself, like, uh, like, and then, and this is like the struggle that I have with it, I guess, is not being selfish. 
or self-centered or um, like completely self-interested. That's not what I mean. But you do have to like be on your side. Like you, you have to you have to get on your own team. You have to like want yourself to do well and to be well and to just be like be content, be like at peace with with your own life and your own like your existence. Um, and like the, I guess the reason that I'm that I'm talking about this or bringing this up is because I have such a um, weird like I I know that my my psychology or my philosophy not philosophy but just the thoughts that I have um, that they are really messed up and backwards and I need to like consciously work on rewiring those thoughts um, and figuring all that out because I have this like and I think it comes from multiple sources I don't I don't think it's just from like I don't think that my um, messed up thoughts come from just one specific place I think they come from multiple places and so um, they're kind of like reinforced from from different uh, all different sources but so I guess part of like the thoughts that I'm talking about is like um, like I said they, they come from multiple places so I'm gonna have to kind of like parse through this uh, verbally and just kind of like think out loud through through this which may be kind of difficult to do, um, but I'll do my best. Um, so I think a lot of it comes from my, just my religious upbringing. And it's not like a, I don't say this as like a complaining, you know, like some people complain about their, like blaming their upbringing or blaming their, uh, religion or what have you um, it's not it's not really that because I I uh, like I'm aware that other people have similar upbringings and similar beliefs and stuff and they don't they don't have the same um, messed up thought processes or thoughts that I have um, but I always had this kind of uh, this thought or belief or um, I guess like so I was like I, you know I was raised Christian um, and so there's like always this concept of this world is not my home I'm just passing through and uh, like yeah like a lot of the stories about people talking to Jesus and asking him what they need to do to uh, enter the kingdom of heaven or or to follow him or be pleasing to God or stuff like that. Um, a lot of it has to do with giving up your 
physical possessions or selling your physical physical possessions and giving the money to the poor and uh like he says uh when somebody i think somebody's trying to follow him and uh he tells him that foxes have holes and birds have nests but the son of man has no place to live basically like he he's saying like i'm homeless so if you want to follow me like you're following a homeless guy so like be prepared to deal with that like um and there so i feel like that that kind of concept is reinforced a lot like uh don't don't uh set your heart on on earthly possessions uh you know let store up treasures for your health, yourself in heaven and um all that kind of thing um and I think, um, so that's kind of like one source of all this stuff. Like, um, and I guess that has to do more specifically with just like money and physical possessions. Like I never, uh, like as a Christian, when I saw people like doing the American dream thing, buying houses, um, like settling down, I guess, and kind of like living a comfortable life. I always saw that as kind of, um, like, I don't know if sinful may be too strong of a word, but that's not the, like the picture that I got from reading the Bible that was like, this is the the goal in life, what you're trying to do is like buy a house and have things and be comfortable. Um, it seemed like it was more like don't have stuff and, and go like, just tell people that the end is near and get ready. Um, so yeah, I guess I was just like, like really focused on that growing up. I thought that was like really, really important. I thought that was really important to just not be attached to this life and the physical things that um, are required to sustain this life and desired um, things like comfort and retirement and all that stuff. I just, I didn't see those as like um, things that should be pursued. Um, and, uh, I've kind of talked more longer about this than I intended to. Um, and I just got to the skate park, so I'm going to go skate and I will come back and, um, finish my thoughts on this. Okay. I just got back from the skate park and I'm going to get back to what I was talking about, but first an ode to skateboarding because um, it really is I'm, I'm gonna uh, I'm, I'm gonna I don't know this may be silly um, what I'm about to say but but I feel the need to do it um, so skateboarding is like um, I love it so much 
it is, it's been um, such a good part of my life for so long in so many ways. Like even, even just when I started skateboarding, I started when I was 14 years old and like having a skateboard to ride meant not getting beat up as much on the way home because like when I would walk home, I was walking. So like somebody could stop me really easily and start, you know, I never knew why they were stopping me. Um, I just saw another person walking on the sidewalk towards me and I just figured we would pass each other and keep walking, but they would stop me and try to, you know, take my shoes or my wallet or my money or whatever. And, uh, so when I got a skateboard, I could just ride past all these people and, and it's like, I don't know if it's like, since I was just passing by so quickly, it's, it's just, or like if they, I don't know if they just didn't notice me as much because I was on a skateboard. I'm not sure, I'm not sure what it is, but like that was, that's kind of, all, that's kind of all besides the point. Um, but that is one of the ways that uh, skateboarding has been just such, it's just been so, so good. Like, it give, it's, and it's given me something to do. It's kind of the same with drumming too, but it's given me something to do that I can do by myself. I don't have to have other people to do it. Not that I don't like other people, but um, just didn't always have like a lot of people to choose from um, or just not in the same place for very long so uh like friendships you know like you, you have a friend for a year um i don't know friendships just don't go very deep usually so you don't really invest much into them um so anyway skateboarding was always something that i could do by myself that i didn't didn't require other people um and and like to this day, like it, it's like, it's so, um, it's so fun to do. And it's such a good, like one of those things where I just get so, um, involved in what I'm doing that I, I can't really think about other stuff. I mean, a little bit sometimes, uh, like I'll, I'll think about stuff while I'm skating, but most of the time I'm, I'm focusing on like what I'm doing in the present moment so that I don't fall. And um, it's really great for that. And it really is like a magic carpet. Like it's it's like riding a magic carpet to me. Um, especially like, the, I guess one of the craziest things about it to me that I love so much is like skating pools. That's one of my favorite things. I just, I, I love speed. I've realized as of late um, I've always just loved speed. I love bombing hills. I just love going super fast. And uh, in a pool, you're—I don't know how fast you're moving, but you feel like you're moving really, really fast. And um, the crazy thing to me is, like, if you take a picture of someone riding in a pool, like, uh, if you take a picture of them, you—they're standing sideways, like horizontal on a wall, um, which is just like this crazy thing uh that a skateboard allows you to do um so anyway um 
I I try to uh, I don't know I guess just kind of like talk about those things when I notice them to kind of like reinforce just how how beneficial they are and how much I get out of them so that I I uh, like anyway didn't mean to uh, talk about skateboarding for 10 minutes but I did so there you go um, so what I was uh, back to what I was talking about before so I guess the, the thing that I was talking about to kind of like sum up what I was trying to say is I I have a messed up thinking about about money about possessions about just like my own um, like my own success and happiness and stuff uh, I have like these these built-in reinforced like barriers or just like my my brain is wired when it comes to those things it's wired it's wired uh, badly um, or in a, in a non-beneficial way that that like uh, I end up working against myself um, and I was talking about how how I think uh, a lot of it has to do with like my my beliefs growing up um, like my religious beliefs and stuff and and again I'm not like blaming religion or blame blaming my upbringing because other other people have the same religion the same upbringing and they're they don't have the same thoughts that I do so it's not a blaming thing it's just kind of I don't know my the way that I'm kind of like thinking through these things so that I can deal with them um, so I think that's that's like one one place that it comes from um, I think that it also comes with comes from like uh, this this may sound a little weird I guess but like I'm I am uh, okay so I guess I have this feeling that like if I'm if I'm successful um, or if I like have a house and um, just just like a comfortable life and stuff uh, well there's there's a lot to this so it just it feels like it's a lot like it's a lot to ask of the universe or of life to like have a house and a car and a refrigerator full of food and closet full of clothes and um, just like the luxuries and stuff that we that most people like enjoy in in the place that we live um, and I know that like the majority of the world doesn't have these things and so I feel like I like I was just born here because of luck like I didn't do anything to be born here um, so like to, to benefit from these things it's like I recognize the unfairness of it um, and, I, and also too this is I guess this is kind of like weird for me to talk about or I guess yeah it's weird for me for whatever reason but I uh, like I'm, I am aware of the fact that I'm 
white and like I don't want to uh, I don't know I guess I feel like if I'm successful or something like I'm I'm benefiting from like you know white privilege you know uh, and I don't I don't know I don't want to be like that like I don't um, like kids that are born into a lot of money like uh, I don't know I don't I I just uh, I feel like I have to re-record this because I'm I'm not um, able to get my thoughts out very well but I guess just uh, somehow like it feels wrong or un unjust to me um, so but at the same time like as as I think all these things I also have these other thoughts and I realize that I am not helping anybody by being broke that um, I'm not helping anybody by being broke and if I really really did care about other people who are suffering from poverty and from uh, from not having the same like opportunity or opportunities that I have uh, any of those things if I was really concerned about those things then I would do something to help those people and like the only the only way to do that is like to um, like I recognize that like I have to first of all like provide for and take care of myself because if I don't then somebody else has to and I hate that feeling that's why I hate living at my in-laws so much right now because it's like every day I wake up and I'm aware of the fact that I'm not I'm not providing for myself I'm not providing enough for my family to be able to have our own house and we're living in in someone else's house and uh, yeah it's a really it's a really terrible feeling um, so I guess that's kind of like the the thought that the challenges the thoughts that I have about like I shouldn't uh, I shouldn't have a, a comfortable life and a house and all that stuff um, that I need to I need to take care of myself or else someone else has to and then if I want to help other people like I have to at least be able to um, take care of myself like if I don't if I don't have anything to, to if someone needs help if they need something and I don't have anything to give them then how can I help them um, so I guess that's kind of the point the, the whole point that like I was trying to get to is the importance of like I have to be on my own team like I have to want myself to win um, I have to like want for myself to do well because um, again if I don't then somebody else has to pick up the slack and um, 
and I don't have anything to offer anybody else because I don't have anything of my own to give. Um, so, yeah, I, like I struggle with these thoughts a lot and they, it's like I find myself having this tug of war in my mind uh, all the time about like just what I what I have and like I don't know I guess I guess the like just the life that I'm living um, um, yeah I just and I and like I think this is true for everybody and a lot and a lot of it like it, a lot of it just really comes down to like self-worth and like what at least for me like what I feel like I'm capable of doing what I feel like I'm like deserving of um, which I don't I don't feel like I'm capable of much I don't feel like I deserve much and I guess in reality like I don't really want much like I don't it's not like I want a big fancy house in fact I want a small house that doesn't have a lot of space to get like stuff I don't want a bunch of stuff I don't like things I don't like stuff um, and I don't want a huge house that like can get messy and have to clean all the time like I want to spend as little time doing those kind of things just kind of like the upkeep things and and the most amount of time doing actual things like uh, doing stuff that I actually enjoy that's like productive and and good and stuff so um yeah I really I don't like want a lot of stuff I don't want an extravagant so I don't want an extravagant lifestyle. I want a simple uh, life. I want a place to sleep at night, um, some clothes to wear, um, a way to get around, uh, and I want to like spend my time doing things that are important, important to me and like this important like like I I want to contribute I want to do something with my life um, I want it to be in that positive so um, I don't know that's just the kind of the conversation that I was having in my head and the those this thought tug of war that I have all the time um, of, of like my own my own I guess wants and needs and stuff like that and it's how I'm living my life so um, like I said in the beginning like I don't want to jump around from job to job I don't want to get stuck at this job um, I want to like I want to, um, I don't know, live, live the life I want. Like I've talked about, uh, 
the, the, the thought experiment, I guess, of like imagining that you're on a, a spaceship headed towards earth. And while you're on that spaceship, you, you like learn about earth and, and what there is to do there. And you like figure out what you want to do before you do there and prepare for it and stuff. Like, uh, I, I don't think I would have picked this, um, to do. I don't think I would have chosen to like spend my life doing this. So, um, I want to change that. I want to, um, I want to feel good about the way, like what I'm doing with my life. Uh, and if I was on that spaceship, I feel like I, I would have chosen, um, playing music. Um, and I think that I like, there's a lot of, there's a lot that comes with that, that, um, a lot of like challenges, mental challenges to, to deal with when it comes to that, like, um, like it's not a necessary, music is not like a necessary thing that, uh, like construction is, you know, there's like, there's always going to be construction. There's always going to be a need for construction workers. Um, it's a very like just necessary thing. Um, so it's secure and music seems not secure, but I, I think the reality of like the, the world that we live in to this point is that I think we're established enough that there, there are always going to be, there, there is always going to be a need for music. Like humans have probably always had some form of music, whether it was just like singing and clapping or playing drums, like drums are one of the oldest instruments. Um, so yeah, just like the challenge of, of, um, feeling like it's uncertain or risky or I guess kind of like foolish to, to choose to do that. Like it's not the best way to make money. I think at least most people think that way, but I know that there has to be like an actual smart way to do it. Cause plenty of people do. Um, another, the other thing, like, I guess the other biggest challenge with that is like feeling like I can do it because, um, like to teach drum lessons or to, yeah, I mean, just to teach drum lessons, um, I should definitely be able to do that. And I, I know that I can do it because like I have done it in the past and I do it now, but I think my, like my biggest challenge of that is feeling like since I haven't gone to school for it, I don't have a music degree. Um, I guess I, I feel like I'm not legitimate or something. Um, but like somebody said to me recently, Beethoven was self-taught and if you can do something, you can do it. Like, 
whether there's a paper there, whether there is a paper to prove that you can do it or you can just do it, um, then you can. Uh, and I know that there are, I know that there are like tons and tons of people who have like, you know, success stories of people who have, who, I mean, like Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg dropped out of Harvard and, uh, now he's, he's one of the, not just the richest people in the world, but he has changed the world in, in a, like, imagine, you can't even imagine not, like, not Facebook, because Facebook is, like, it is a huge thing, and it just keeps growing, and it keeps growing to, to all kinds of different things, and it started out, basically, as, like, a yearbook website, um, and, People just used to, it was just like a auxiliary fun thing that people would just post um, things on each other's walls, sort of like we're doing now with this. Um, but it wasn't this, it wasn't this huge thing like to change the world. It was just a social thing. It was a place for friends. Um, and now Facebook is like, it's huge. And people use it in, in all kinds of ways. Like people use it to make money. People use it to like organize groups and do things. Um, it's, it's just like really crazy how big and, and influential and powerful Facebook is. Um, so anyway, I, I know that like you don't need a piece of paper to say that you can do something or to, to do something. Um, it just takes doing it and it takes the, like the belief that you can do it, which is, which is what I find to be the hardest part. Um, so I am working on that. Um, as, as I do this, um, and just like daily, like I'm just working on that. So I am, uh, I'm actually at the library, so I'm going to go in and try to get some work done. Um, and hopefully I didn't beat any dead horses, uh, or just kind of ramble too much. But yeah, that's pretty much it for now. I think my son is telling a story. What are you doing? Um, you're in the back. You're in the back? Yes. Okay. But you're in the other back. You see me. <laughs> it's is the daddy. It's the I watch TV. You're going to watch TV? Yes. Maybe. Maybe after we do something else, we can watch TV. I want Ninja Turtles. You want to watch Ninja Turtles? Yes. Okay. Come on.
Christmas, Christmas. <laughs> Were you telling a story just now? What? Were you telling a story earlier? No. No? I just talk. You just talk? That? What? You don't hear noise? Yeah, I hear noise. What's going on? Uh, it's a car wash? Yeah, it's a car wash. It's coming. I, I don't know it's coming. It's coming. Hmm. All right, we're about to go into the car wash, so I won't make you listen to that. All right, so I'm headed to a, a drum lesson this morning. Um, and uh, I had a couple things that I was thinking about. Um, well, first of all, just this, this lesson that I'm going to right now. Uh, this kid is uh, like eight years old and he has like, I mean, I, I don't know if he's diagnosed ADD, but his attention span is just like uh, non-existent basically. Um, he can like barely sit still and uh, like when it comes to actually teaching him anything on the drums um, it's like everything I can do to like get him to stay in the like sitting on the actual uh, it's called a throne but to keep him sitting there like he keeps wanting to go like get up and get something to drink uh, he wants to go get his Game Boy uh, he'll, he'll get up and go across the room to get a different set of drumsticks and he'll grab like two completely different drumsticks um so yeah it's just like constantly reigning in his attention um so that's kind of a a challenge uh I need to figure out how to how to uh really get him to like sit down and like be focused on what we're doing so this morning I'm going to try uh, I'm going to try starting with music finding a song that he likes and then I don't even I think we're just going to uh, I'm just going to try to get him to clap along to either the snare drum or clap along to like just uh, either like just quarter notes or eighth notes and just kind of like start start talking about the song in terms of like beats per minute and just kind of like the fundamentals of, of I guess music theory but not but but you know for an eight-year-old so don't say music theory and all these big words um, so, yeah, last time, um, I spent the whole time really just trying to get him to, to, like, play along 
uh, which was like I would just um, tap on the hi-hat, like I'd turn on a metronome and I would tap on the hi-hat and try to get him to tap along with me. And it was like he just could not tap along. He had to, uh, he had to do something different or more. And then when I would try to give him like something more to do, something that was more simulating or challenging so that he, so that he wouldn't get distracted and have to like just kind of bang around all over the drum set, um, it would be just too much. So there's no, it's like a very, very fine line. So yeah, this is a um, good, a good challenge for me. I mean, I would like to, uh, I would like to have students where, you know, that I'm teaching them challenging things like things that are challenging coordination wise, or just like, uh, tough drum parts for like, you know, I'd like to, it'd be fun to teach someone like some Avenged Sevenfold or, or a Tool song or, um, well, I don't know, like, like some of the four-way coordination stuff. I guess that's my, my main thing or the biggest thing for me on the drums is four-way coordination stuff. Uh, for me, that's, that's what I enjoy the most. That's like the biggest challenge. And I think it's like the, the key, like if you can, if you can improve your four-way coordination, you can like open up more and more and more what you can actually play. That's like the biggest, the four-way coordination is the, like the biggest, uh, four-way coordination is the biggest challenge and the biggest key to be, to being able to play anything on the drum set. So whether you play metal or you play jazz or Latin jazz or fusion or even just rock, um, the better your four-way coordination is, the better you'll be able to play it, just the more you'll be able to play. The, even if it's not like more, like having better four-way coordination, you can play more advanced stuff, more complicated and difficult stuff, but also if your four-way coordination is better, you can play the simple stuff better too. Everything is like way cleaner, um, which is, with the simpler stuff, it has, it's, it's simple. So it has to be like just super, super clean. Um, so anyway, that's my, that's like my focus on the drums has always been four-way coordination. Um, so it would be nice to have a student who's more advanced and like wants to learn the four-way coordination stuff or just just is really into music. I haven't really had a student yet who's like really into music. Um, all my students, even when I used to teach when I was like 18 years old, uh, I never had a student that was just like really, really, really into music and just loved the drums and wanted to play so bad. It was always uh, it was always mostly kids whose parents were like making them take drum lessons or thought that they might be interested in drum lessons, so they were kind of giving it a try or something. But it wasn't it wasn't like a kid who was like hungry to learn drums and play music. I always uh, the students that I have 
one of the biggest challenges is just finding out what kind of music they like because they don't really have a preference for music yet. Like, they don't really listen to music. Um, yeah, when I ask them, like, who their favorite band is, if they have a favorite song or or one song that they'd like to learn on the drums, uh, they can't really come up with anything, which is, which is kind of... It's really bizarre to me. Um, so, yeah, uh, it'll be it would be really cool to get some student students who are really into music and really into drums and want to learn, um, just like hungry to learn instead of you know like it's kind of like pulling teeth trying to figure out like okay what what do you want to work on the on the drums like what do you want to learn what you know what music are you into what 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 drummers do you like what you know it's like they don't have they don't even know any drummers they don't um i don't know so yeah it'd be cool to to find some students like that so going to teach that drum lesson oh and so all this reminds me i i was thinking about um okay i realize i'm i'm getting a little like rushed in my speech so i'm gonna try to slow down a little bit um so, in thinking about all this, um, I have been working on making more and better Craigslist ads and just trying to really, like, pursue teaching drum lessons. Um, so, I was thinking this morning, um, my other brother, Joel, told me that I should write down, write out, like, why I got into drumming and what drumming does for me, uh, and all that, and I, uh, I think that's good advice, so I probably will, I probably will do that, um, sorry, I'm kind of, uh, also driving right now, so I'm making sure I know where I'm going. Um, okay, so, anyway, what I was thinking about was, um, the thing, one of the things that I love about playing drums is that it's a flow state activity, and I'm kind of obsessed with flow state activities. Um, that's why I love jiu-jitsu so much, that's why I love playing drums so much, that's why I love skating so much. Jiu-Jitsu, drums, skateboarding, they're all flow state activities. And that's the thing that I enjoy most about drums is that it's a flow state activity, which means that it gets you into a state of mind where uh, your perception of time is dilated. So an hour can feel like an eternity or an eternity can feel like an hour. Um, it requires pretty much 100% of your attention and focus, so you don't have the, you can't really think about anything else, which, which is one of the reasons it's so valuable, because like one of the biggest challenges of being this thinking animal that we are is that our brain is just constantly going. 
it's the monkey mind. Um, just the constant chatter in the mind of, okay, what do I have to do today? And, you know, where am I picking up this kid? And what do I need to get on the way home? And then, you know, just all the stuff that constantly is going on inside of our head. So playing drums, uh, it uses up all of the, the, uh, just the capacity to think. So you can only think about what you're doing in the immediate present moment and what's coming up in the very near future. So you're just thinking about what part of the song you're playing now and what's the next part coming up for it. And then, you know, transitioning from, from one to the other and not speeding up or slowing down because a lot of the, the biggest tendency is when switching from one part of a song to another is that there's like an anxiety that comes up and then and your heart rate starts to go up so then you just start to speed up naturally because your heart rate is going up so you start moving faster and you start playing faster so that's why playing to a metronome is so important and so helpful is because it's like this dotted line that you follow and it just you know that if you're playing along to the metronome that you're not speeding up and you're not slowing down so anyway it's a flow state activity playing drums and that's what I that's what I love about it so and just in thinking about all this stuff I was considering maybe changing the name of my drum lesson endeavor uh, whatever you want to call it it's, it's weird to call it like a company or a business because it's just me um, teaching drum lessons but right now it's called the Stuart Backbeating the Stuart Backbeat Academy which um, I don't know I guess people have said like it's it's a fine name like there's nothing wrong with it uh, but I I don't know. It sounds kind of clunky to me, I guess. Stuart Backbeat Academy. And it just sounds... I don't know. There's just something about it that I'm... I guess I'm not super crazy about it. And the reason I chose that name was because someone told me that I should... I should include one of my names in the business name so that people know that it's me. Or... I don't really remember why they told me to include my name in it. But they told me to include my name. So I... That's the Stewart part. And then the backbeat is, in drums, the backbeat is playing the snare on two and four. And um, that is like the basis and foundation of pretty much like every song you hear on the radio. Not So 90% of the time, it's probably going to be in four, four time, which is uh, four beats per measure. One, two, three, four. And 90% of the time, the snare is going to be on the two and the four throughout the entire song. Um, so that's that's the backbeat. That's like what the foundation of pretty much all the music that um, you hear and play is. So, and that's kind of like what I base. Like, that's the first thing that I teach a student. 
So that's the first thing I teach a student is the backbeat. And um, I kind of base a lot of what I, what I do and what I teach on the backbeat because it's just so applicable. And uh, I, try to, I try to keep everything that I do like um, useful for what, what you're going to be playing most of the time. So anyway, that's why I chose Stuart Backbeat and then Academy because I'm teaching drum lessons and Academy, I don't know, it just, I guess it makes it sound a little bit more official, but then at the same time, I feel weird having the name Academy in my, in my name for drum lessons because I didn't go to Academy, I didn't go to school, I'm just some guy who has been playing drums for a while. Um, so, yeah, in thinking about the flow state stuff, now I'm thinking about changing the name to flow state drum lessons or flow state drum school or flow state drum academy or something along those lines. Um, but I don't, I don't know if that's better or worse or if it would make a difference. Um, just kind of a thought that I had. So I'd be curious to hear what you think about that. Um, if you think it matters. Um, so, yeah, I guess that was kind of the, just some of the stuff that I was thinking about this morning. And just how crazy life is. Like, just the, just the chaos of it. Like, um, and I guess that's, that's really what I'm like working on the most right now is like trying to manage the chaos. Um, but it's like this morning as I'm getting ready to go teach the drum lesson, I was like, I got up and, uh, played with my son for a while and then he and my wife left to the zoo and then I was trying to. I had a little bit of time before I left for the drum lesson, so I was trying to be productive, so I started like cleaning out the car that I need to post on Craigslist later, and as I was cleaning out the car, there was like something in there that someone gave me uh, that they said like, I don't need this, but maybe you can sell it or something, so I I posted that on OfferUp and Facebook, and it's just like one one thing always kind of like explodes into something else. Like you go to do one thing, um, especially cleaning. Like I find that when I go to clean, um, I'm always, you know, I'm always like finding stuff that I want to get rid of or need to get rid of. And then I got to figure out, okay, how am I going to get rid of this? Am I going to throw it away, give it away? If I'm going to give it away, am I going to give it away, give it away, give it away now? Um, am I going to take it to Goodwill um, or am I going to sell it if I'm going to sell it am I going to put it on Craigslist am I going to put it on OfferUp am I, you know it's just this big old long thing so and, and everything is like that um, so I don't know I guess I just need to like keep that in mind as I'm as I, des as I design this rhyme to explain to you time, 
All I know is time is a valuable thing. Um, I'm quoting Linkin Park songs. Um, so, anyway, life is chaos. One, one uh, task multiplies into another, like the, the hydra. You cut off one head and then five heads grow back. So, yeah, trying to get a handle on all that. Um, oh, I forgot to say this podcast is sponsored by Keep, the Google uh, app Keep. It's not really, but I bet in as many as many episodes and as many times as I've joked about there being a sponsor, I could have figured out how to get any one of them, Keep or Google or some protein shake thing or anything really to sponsor the podcast and there's there's probably somebody that would there's probably somebody who would so anyway um I'm almost to where I'm going and I realize that I'm kind of uh rambling and just kind of like being silly and stuff so uh that's it drum lessons and the next the next episode I don't promise but I promise that it may or may not be about how to get a podcast sponsored alright so that was just a complete well okay I just got done with the uh drum lesson that I went to teach this morning and uh that was a complete like battle of wills um with this eight-year-old kid who um so I I kind of uh feel the need to apologize in advance for um how much I'm probably going to talk right now and and everything um because I guess there's just a lot going on in my head that I want to get all out. So, um, I may have some, some difficulty doing it, but I'll, I'll do my best, um, to like be as concise as possible. Um, I'm also, I'm kind of excited right now too. So, um, anyway, just got done with the lesson with the eight year old kid. Um, it proves to be even more challenging than I thought it was going to be, even as I was trying to prepare myself mentally for it. Um, and so I'm just going to kind of talk about like how the lesson went. Um, talk about, I want to talk about like what's on my mind right now, immediately after, which has to do with, uh, what I was talking about before the lesson. Um, and yeah, I'll just kind of talk, talk through this. So bear with me. Um, so first of all, the lesson itself. So like I was mentally preparing for what I was going to do and I, and I, uh, thought, okay, I'm going to like, my goal is to make this just as fun as possible and to dumb it down as much as possible. And really like, I really want to, um, get like, I have to like make it fun for this kid because he's, he's so distracted, has so, such a short attention span. Like I said, last time, uh, 
the, the lesson is 45 minutes. And last time I taught him, uh, he was like near, near the end of the lesson, he was asking like how much time is left. He did the same thing today, halfway through the lesson. I told him, so he asked how much time is left. And I told him there's 22 minutes. And so he asked me, they have, um, they have Alexa that, uh, Amazon or Google thing, whatever it is. Um, the little, the little, uh, speaker that you just talk to and can like do anything. Um, so we're using that to listen to the music that we're playing along to. So he asked me halfway through how much time is left. I told him 22 minutes. So he set a timer on Alexa so that he would know when the thing was done because it was, it was like agony for him. I think, uh, having to sit there and like try to do this, which, uh, yeah, it makes it challenging when like, I guess I understand why, you know, they talk about dentists, um, like suffer the most from depression or something like they basically everybody that goes to see the dentist, nobody, nobody likes to go to the, well, some people like to go to the dentist, but most people try going to the dentist and dentists know this. They can see it on people's face, the dread, the fear, the, um, discomfort, all of that stuff. So all day they're dealing with people who are like dreading seeing them. Um, and so with this type of thing, like dealing with kids, like they are, and I noticed this with my last student too. It's like, um, I can tell that it's, it's very difficult for them because it requires them to sit in one spot and do one thing for however long it is, half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour. And, um, so I can tell that, that it's kind of dread, but I can also like see when they, when they start to get interested, like, uh, or, or I can see if they actually like it. Um, like the last student I had, there was one time where we had to, I think they were like out of town for a week or something. So we had to take a week off. And the next week when I came to give the drum lesson, like usually when I would get there, I would knock on the door and I can, it would take them a while to answer the door. And I could like hear the kid uh, like running around the house and like doing stuff. Um, but kind of like, uh, procrastinating, like he didn't want to answer the door. He didn't want to get to the drum lesson. So anyway, the week that, so we had to take a week off and the week that, uh, we came back to it when I got to their house, he was already at the front door, like, had the door open and was waiting for me when I, when I pulled up to the house, like he was so excited to, um, to play drums and like, I could tell. Um, so let's see, I'm trying to get back to where I started. Um, this kid, he, he has a really hard time sitting still actually playing, uh, the drums. It's like the attention thing is just, it's the most difficult part. And that's, so that's kind of the point of this whole, whole thing that I'm going to come back to. Um, but I guess right now I'm just kind of re recapping the lesson. So I really, really, really tried to just dumb it down and make, not dumb it down, but make it as simple as possible and incorporate music the whole time. So we, when I started, I asked him, okay, um, tell me some songs you like, some bands you like. Um, and I got this information 
from him last time, but I just kind of like, that's how I, like, uh, I don't know, there's like a breaking the ice, I guess, every time you teach a lesson, um, which actually, I, I started by just talking to him about how his week went since the last time I saw him, and like the sports that he's playing and stuff. Um, so I really tried to just make it super simple, uh, super easy and fun. Uh, so we, we played, we, uh, had music going the whole time. And so I was just trying to get like the lowest common denominator. I was getting him just trying to count along to the song. So the song's playing. I'm just trying to get him to go one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And then, uh, it's a, it's a really simple song that I'm using to teach him. And I was trying to get him to just click the sticks together, um, along to the song, like one, two, three, four, or trying to get him to just play the, the backbeat on the snare. So playing the two and four, one, two, three, four, and then trying to get him to just play the high, the, uh, eighth notes on the hi-hat, one and two and three and four. And, and it was like, I mean, he can do it. He can play just the two and four on the snare, but it's too boring for him just to play the two and four on the snare. And then he can play the eighth notes, and that's like a little more challenging, but then once he gets it, he can do it, but he quickly gets too bored with that. But he doesn't have the skill yet to play like both of them at the same time, but he doesn't have the like attention span enough yet to learn each one of them independently and then put them together and he uh he will not stay sitting on the throne he will lay down on it he will stand up he'll walk around and so um yeah most of the lesson for me is just getting this kid to stay to stay at the drum set and stay interested in what we're doing so um and his parents were there too so that's another like challenge of it, trying to get this kid who is, uh, is I guess he's not really interested in playing drums, um, to be interested in playing drums, and and keep him there while his while his parents are there. So uh, it's like I don't know if I should. It's like I'm constantly thinking about, uh, like, do they want me to be more? to be more, um, what's the word, strict with him? Like, do they want me to tell him, like, you know, sit down, do, you know? Because they're kind of like that with him. They're they're a little more stern and strict. Um, I, at least in their speech, I don't know. Um, but, so yeah, that's, a, that's another challenge. Um, so when, anyway, really, like the... The thing that I really wanted to get out about all this um, is after the lesson, uh, I was talking to his mom and she says, um, you know he's ADD. His mom says, you know he's ADD, right? And uh, I was like, yeah, I could, I could tell. Um, and... I told her, I'm diagnosed ADD too. 
And I told her, I really think that playing drums has helped me um, in dealing with my ADD. And I think that it, it still does to this day help me. Um, because like I said, the amount of focus that it takes to play the drums uh, is, is a lot. So I think that whatever parts of the brain that are in charge of focusing on something, they, they, they worked really heavily when playing the drums. Um, so I think that that helps me to focus, even though I'm still pretty scatterbrained. And then we were talking about the use of like tablets and computers and phones and stuff and, and just ADD and all of that. And kind of talking about like how this generation that's coming up with with the computers like everywhere like uh, parents have them in their pockets a lot of kids get get their own smartphone or like some kind of device like that like as early as pretty much as, as, as soon as a kid is able to use that stuff a lot of a lot of times they have one um, so yeah kids attention spans are just getting like obliterated by all this technology that they have. And even, and it's just everywhere. Like even when they go to school, like a lot of schools don't give paper homework anymore. It's all done on an iPad. Um, so this use of this technology that is destroying our attention span, um, they are just getting like uh, completely like flooded with it. They're, they're, they have it all the time, and it's, and it is like destroying their attention span. Um, so this is, I guess, like the important thing for me that I that I wanted to talk about with this is, like I've I've talked about in the past, like playing drums doesn't seem all that important. It doesn't seem like a necessary thing. It doesn't seem like significant. So when I when I think about teaching lessons and stuff, it feels like such a trivial thing. I'm not like, I'm not doing something that's like so overtly productive. Like construction is like, you're building something, you're making things, you're, you know, building schools and hospitals and just public buildings and all the stuff that people use. So it's just so obvious, like what you're doing and how, uh, I mean, it's called construction. So you're constructing things. It's a constructive thing. Um, and so uh, it's difficult for me to like see the, to really um, feel like the, the drums are like this constructive, important thing. But today in talking to this kid's mom about the, uh, the challenges that he has with ADD and how like she says, uh, it th she thinks that it helps him. Like she, she thinks that uh, she can already see a difference. Um, and and I feel like in, in my life playing the drums helps me with my attention. And uh, so I just kind of like like after having this conversation, um, as I was walking out to my car, I was thinking about all the stuff that I had just talked to her about and then all, you know, what I was talking about before the lesson. 
and I kind of feel like, and this may be like an, a little over dramatic, but I feel like it's kind of, uh, I don't know. I feel like it's okay for the moment. Um, but there's like this real problem that's being, um, that is plaguing like a generation of kids, which is this attention, um, this attention deficit, like epidemic. It's like an epidemic. Um, but it's a, it's a real world present problem that is like pervasive, it's growing. Um, my generation, uh, a lot of millennials have a really hard time with attention. Um, the next generation is having it even worse. And so there's this thing, this real problem. And then there's this, there's something that can be done about it or there's something that, that people can do to, uh, to help fix the problem or work against it, which is playing drums. And I can show somebody how to do this activity that will help to work against the, um, the beating that their attention, uh, their attention span, their ability to focus is taking. Um, so, again, I, I apologize if this seems like, if I'm, if I'm kind of going on and on about this, um, but like I said, I really struggle with seeing teaching drums as like an important thing. It just seems, it just seems like a hobby and like teaching somebody how to do a hobby doesn't seem like a very important thing so I struggle with that all the time but this morning having having that conversation and seeing this kid really struggle to just pay attention um, that was like if he continues like that like if he goes through the rest of his life and he can't focus and pay attention it's gonna be hard for him to learn things in school uh, which is going to it's just going to make his life more difficult. Make, it makes anybody's life more difficult if you can't focus and you can't uh, learn and have like self-discipline and self-control and all of this. Um, that's kind of like what determines the quality of your life is your ability to to make yourself do the things that are going to improve your quality of life and. And it, it, a lot of it comes from just your ability to focus on something. So, yeah, this it's a uh, it's a very challenging experience. It's it's uh, on on both sides, on my side and on the student side. Um, and I can even like I can see kind of like the like the parents' stress level as well. Like I can see that they're like stressed out and. I feel like this is going to help. Like this is 
helping this kid uh, learn how to focus, and if he can, if he can get past the the barrier of uh, you know, because learning anything there's there's a learning curve, and getting into it, it's like trying to jump into a game of double dutch. Like it's really really hard to do, um, but once you get it, once you can get in there, then you can experience the the flow state side of it, the outlet side of it, which that's really the the, the big payoff, like the thing that really helps. Um, and I and I know that like when there's a lot of stress in life, and you have all this stuff to deal with. If you have a flow state activity that you can do, something where you can um, you can get a break from that stuff and you can also you kind of just take your mind to a, a different frequency where all those other things are, are on a different are on another frequency and then you can kind of like get outside of that or, or set the dial to another frequency for a while when you're playing drums and then you come back to the frequency of Okay, I gotta go grocery shopping. I gotta, I gotta do laundry. I gotta get the car ready to sell. I gotta, you know, clean out the garage. All this other stuff. Um, so, anyway, I know this is all kind of. I know I'm kind of going on about this, and this is mostly kind of like. This is mo- mostly like me, like preaching to myself. Um, like the importance of what I'm doing because so often I don't feel like it's important but this morning was like I had this little window into something uh, that or just like a change of perspective that it's really difficult to get so I'm, I'm like really trying to drive this home for myself um So I feel like there is this problem that I can now take on, that like I can go out into the world and confront this problem and help other people uh, fight this. And that, like to me, like I think a lot about like how am I going to help? What am I going to contribute? What am I going to do? Who am I going to help? And I think, I think like you know. Like, how, how should I be doing that? How should I be, like, giving to people and helping and stuff? And I think about doing stuff like either uh, going to a food bank or, go, like, going to a prison and visiting uh, inmates uh, in prison and or, like, going to a homeless shelter and, and volunteering time or something. But I think, like, man, what is the... How, how can I help people? What is... What is the best way to help people? And and I often like I think it's the the uh, best uh, use or the uh, yeah I guess like my thought process is like if we can help kids that seems like the best use of our energy and time is to help kids because not that. I mean, like, I would, I would like to be able to help homeless people and, um, and 
you know, people who are like in prison or, um, you know, just like adults that are in, in really like going, experiencing a lot of suffering. But, uh, like if we can help kids, then like you, you can help somebody in the beginning of their life. And then when they become adults, then they can be like more healthy adults and they can, they can help other people. So there's like a compounding effect, um, that happens. So, um, yeah, this is like a real opportunity to, to be able to do that. And it doesn't always feel like that. Like it, it, it usually feels like just a silly thing, like teaching drum lessons, but, um, I don't know. It can, it can have a good effect and it can, it can be really, um, important. And so anyway, I know, I know I'm kind of like saying the same thing a million times, but this is mostly for me to, uh, fix my thinking on this or, and kind of like go with this, this momentum that I feel in this kind of like vision that I've had this morning. So, um, I am trying to like go out and I, I kind of like see this thing that I can battle now. Like I kind of have a, like a little bit of like a, like I've, I've read books and listened to a lot of things about starting businesses and, and being an entrepreneur and what that means. Um, and one of the best, the best sources on the topic um, and the best books, one of the best authors is, um, the book is called The Art of the Start, and I think the name of the author is Guy, uh, Kiyosaki, um, something like that, but he, he used to work for Apple, and, um, now, he, I mean, he is like one of the founding members, like one of the first, the original, like seven people to start working for Apple. And now it, all he does is he helps entrepreneurs start businesses. And, uh, in the book, the art of the start, he talks about, in the art of the start, he talks about the importance of making meaning if you're starting a business. And he says, you should only start a business to make meaning because if you start a business to make money, most likely you will not make money and you will not make meaning. So he says, focus on making meaning. If you're, if you're starting a business or if you're starting anything, it should be to make meaning. That's so that's the way that it's going to sustain itself. Um, that's the way that you're going to, to sustain yourself is by doing something meaningful. And, and like, that's why businesses are really successful. The ones that are successful because they do something meaningful. They provide meaning, they provide value. So, um, that's one of the, the things that he talks about in his lectures and in his book, The Star is Making Meaning. So, um, 
I feel like I kind of have this meeting now. So I'm going to go back and visit uh, his book, The Art of the Start, and um, kind of like take some of the ideas that I'm thinking about and really try to like flesh it out and um, like just really like drive home this this mission. Like maybe I even need, need to uh, sit down and, and write this stuff out and maybe um, have somewhere to read it every day so that I can like keep focusing on it. Um, so, yeah, sorry, these, these have been so long and about, you know, just drum lessons and stuff, but, um, if you hear this and you have any thoughts on it, uh, I'd love to hear what you think, um, and if not, that's cool too, and I guess I will talk to you later.